Hi everyone, it's Teresa and welcome back to My Harbor Home. I am so glad you're here with me today. We're at the beginning of the Lenten season, a time when we as Christians honor and remember the time that Jesus went to the wilderness for 40 days to contend with Satan before beginning his earthly ministry. It's a time when a lot of Christians choose to give up something that maybe seems indulgent or excessively worldly, and we begin to focus more on the things of Jesus. We repent. We introspectively seek out the things in our lives that we would like to more closely resemble the heart of Christ. It's sort of like cleaning out the closet of your heart. It's a great, great annual practice, and I'm so pleased that we are in this time of repentance and self-sacrifice when we can focus more on Jesus before we come up to the great celebration of Easter. I wanted to talk to you today about a, a subject that I started talking about in my blog. And I'm at the very beginning of a series about common parenting fears. And this subject on my blog has gotten me several email responses and so I know that it is a subject that is resonating with people and I'd like to talk about it a little bit because there are times when we know that parenting is difficult and challenging and yet rewarding in every way. We have this great mixed bag of feelings about what it is to be a parent. But then there are those things that come up in the dark of night and they haunt our hearts. And we wonder, are we making a serious mistake? Is there something in our parenting that is going terribly wrong? These mom fears that are so deep that we're afraid even to talk about them. And I'd like us to talk about those today, not just to talk about them, but with a way to look at them so that we don't have to be afraid of this anymore. We're going to look at them from a new perspective and talk about ways that we can address some of these fears so that we can give them a voice and deal with them up front so we don't have to be so afraid of them. The first one that we're going to talk about today and the first one that my blog deals with is the fear that we have a favorite child. Um, I don't know about you, but that was a big fear for me. And I'm not talking about the time that you have a favorite child because there's a child that needs more love. You know, Billy Graham said something so beautiful one time. Uh, uh, an interviewer trying to trip him up on the uh, uh, subject of homosexuality in Christian families. This uh, secular interviewer said, but Dr. Graham, if one of your children was a homosexual, would you love them as much as you loved your other children? And Dr. Graham didn't miss a beat. He said, no, I would love that child more because that child would need more love. And I thought that was such a beautiful example 
of parenting as a whole. Because our children are individuals and they are on their own life trajectory from the very beginning, they're going to have moments in their life when they are going to need your love, your support, your concern, your undergirding more than perhaps their siblings. Each child will have a season in life or a moment in time where they are going to need more love from you than the child that isn't struggling or isn't engaged in some kind of of hardship or difficulty. I'm not talking about that kind of favorite child situation because I always said in my family that I loved the child more. My favorite child was the child that needed to be the favorite that day. And if they both needed to be the favorite that day, well, then they were just both my favorite. And we're moms. We know how to pull that off. But the fear I'm talking about, the fear of having a favorite child, is the time when you have a child that perhaps has a personality clash with you, a child that you perhaps don't even really understand very well, a child whose core personality, and make no mistake about it, because our children are individuals from the very beginning, they come to us with certain presets. They come to us and we're able to influence them, but they are their own people, praise God. They are not little mini-me's. They're not clones of us. But we have to raise them in our family, honoring their personalities. But what happens when you have a very strong personality bent one way and it clashes completely with a child of yours that you love dearly, but you don't understand them? You don't know how to help them. You don't know how to rein in behaviors that seem harmful to you. Now, if a behavior seems harmful to you, then you must address it. But sometimes you just have to let the child have their own personality. But how do you deal with this? Now, right now, I'm going to be talking in the context of young children still in the home, uh, preschoolers through uh, the elementary years, kind of going up into the middle school years. I'm not talking about your adult children today or children who are on the edge of becoming adults. I'm talking about young, young children right now. Now, suppose you've got a child. Let's just pull this scenario out of the air. Suppose you are very laid back. If you're five minutes late for school or for an appointment, well, that's just okay with you. But some children are born with a great deal of time consciousness and time awareness. This kind of thing causes them a great deal of anxiety. And over and over and over again, you find yourself in deep conflict with this child and that's the bottom line. You're more laid back. They are more anxious. How are you going to work this out? Well, there's a few things that you can do. First of all, you can consider what else is going on. 
uh, in the individual situation. Very, very often, conflicts that are even, you know, deep-seated personality conflicts very often can come to a head at a specific time or when a specific situation is taking place. So, for example, um, what else is going on? Is it always morning? Do you and your child always have this clash that comes to a head in the mornings? Is there something about the morning rush that is causing conflict? Is there always one specific other child around, perhaps a sibling or a friend? Is the child hungry? Is there some other unmet need going on? Very often personality clashes rise to a head when there is a consistent trigger. So look for patterns in the triggers. There may be times when there's this personality difference and you can kind of just rub against each other and you're like, oh, well, that's okay, you know. But then there are times when it's not okay. Follow the pattern and find out when it's not okay that your children and you or your child and you are having a personality clash. Try your best to mitigate the triggers. Another thing I'd like you to consider when you and your child are in conflict and when there's a child that you are almost always in conflict with is to look and see what that child is doing right. It is so easy to become so bogged down in everything that's going wrong with this child, to become so concerned that you forget to realize that this child has got many redeeming qualities find them no matter how small and notice them verbalize them to the child I remember dealing with a child several years ago a child that I dearly loved and he was so challenging and all of a sudden I saw that when we came into the house together I took off my flip-flops and lined them up in a certain spot where I like them He saw what I did, and he took off his flip-flops, and he put them right next to mine. And I praised that. It was such a little thing, but I praised it. I said, oh, I'm so impressed. I love it when people put their flip-flops right there where they belong. That's great. I appreciate that. And I went on and on about putting flip-flops in the right place. Find a way to positively affirm your child and then don't take back the compliment notice that I didn't say oh how wonderful you put your flip-flops in the right place I sure am glad you finally did it this time you haven't done it before and I sure do wish you do it more often no 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 when you do that you've taken back the compliment give the praise and then walk away with a smile on your face you know There's times when you need to compromise with your child also. There are times when you need to look at your child and say, you know what, I don't care if we're five minutes late, but for whatever reason, that really bugs my child. And just as you would compromise with a coworker or your spouse or a friend, 
compromise with your child. Meet your child where they are. You know, these are just a few simple suggestions, and I cannot begin to address all the things about dealing with children that you're having a harder time dealing with in a 15-minute podcast or a four-minute blog read. But my email box is open, and I'll be happy to respond if you think you'd like to share some of those fears that you have. If you want to talk about a child that you're beginning to think, I'm just not enjoying this one as much, we can just discuss it. And I'm happy to to partner with you in that. You can always visit me in my harbor home at www.joyfulharborhome.com. You can subscribe to my podcast there. Uh, You can leave me an email or a message there. And I don't know if this has given you any food for thought or not. I pray that this has reached into someone's point of need. But I do want you to know that if you are concerned about this, that all by itself makes you a good parent. You're going to work through it. Just keep trying. Focus on what's great about your child. Compromise with your child. Look for patterns that cause out-of-bounds behavior in your child. Figure out what you can do. These are your children, and they are such treasures to you. Take care, everybody, and join me again in my Harbor home. Thank you.